Welcome to the Feeding and Leading Podcast, featuring Todd Fisher and Andy Taylor, a podcast for church leaders focusing on expository preaching, pastoral leadership, and ministry. Welcome, everyone, to the Feeding and Leading Podcast. We are here today with our executive director, Dr. Todd Fisher. Todd, how are you? I'm well. Good. I'm well. Doing good. Good. Well, actually, today, Todd is not joining me as the (laughs) co-host of Feeding and Leading. He is joining us as a special guest. Special guest. And today, we're going to talk to Todd a little bit about, not only about his life, his ministry, his uh, testimony, calling to ministry, but but also in general talking about the call to ministry, right? And and persevering, right. endurance yeah. in calling, yeah. And so, but I, you know, as I've been around the state, Todd, and uh, spent a lot of time with pastors, a lot of time at, with pastors at Falls Creek, uh, I've I've heard a few who have mentioned that they would really like to hear things like your testimony, your call Mm -hmm. to ministry as the new executive director. And so we kind of want to explore that a little bit. You are from the foreign land of Texas. Yes, Tejas. Yeah. And definitely I want to make this episode about the perseverance and calling more than just about me. But um, yeah, I was was born and raised in a suburb of Fort Worth, Texas. So... um, don't hold that against me, Oklahomans. Yeah. But I tell people I was born in Texas, but I'm a native Oklahoman. Yeah. Um, when I graduated high school at 18, I came to OBU, and I've been in Oklahoma ever since. So I've, I've been in Oklahoma my entire adult life. Yeah. So Now, um, you almost did not go to OBU. Yeah. I, uh, so just a little bit of my journey. Uh, I grew up in a single-parent home. Yeah. Just uh, my, I have one brother who's nine years older than me, so I was really kind of an only child for most of that, from what I can remember. And uh, my, my father was never in the picture in my life. Um, I knew him, but I had very little interaction with him and a uh, uh, lot of bad examples of things. Um, you know, that, it, that's a very painful uh, part of my story is my father. And my father is, he, he died right after graduated from college. He's been deceased for a very long time. Um, but, uh, you know, so just grew up. My mom, my mom was a, a first and third grade school teacher her entire career for like I don't forty something years. I think she taught school, so we just kind of eked it out, you know, on a on a on a a, a teacher salary. So yeah, but she's um, an amazing woman. She is. She is. Um, so I was fourteen, and uh, I'm old enough to have gone to junior high, uh, not middle school. So in the in the ninth grade in junior high, um, so I'm in the the top grade there. Uh, a guy, a guy moves to our school, who was a year younger than me, and uh, he he made the basketball team. And, and when I was fourteen, uh, I didn't know anything about God, the Bible. I had zero interest in any of that. Sports was my life, you know. And um, so I got to know this guy from the basketball team, and uh, you know, just we just befriended each other. Uh, we just kind of hit it off. But, man, this guy talked to me about Jesus all the time, talked to me about church. And I I had no clue, but he was sharing the gospel with me. And I I just kind of always referred to him as my strange religious friend. You know, I I didn't know. So he would always invite me to church. I'd always put him off and stuff. So 
Uh, one night I am watching a baseball game on TV. I'm 14. And a commercial comes on in between innings, and it's advertising a show that's coming up later that's going to have the pitcher Oral Hershiser. Um, back in the uh, mid-'80s when yep. this occurred, Oral Hershiser was the ace pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yes. And uh, had zero clue that the program that they were advertising was a religious program. Yeah. And I just saw it and said, hey, man, Oral Hershiser, he's going to talk about what it was like to make a major league team and be in the major leagues and – I thought, I'm interested in that. So I flipped it over to that that program after the game. And Hershiser does all that. He talks about what it's like to be in baseball. And then Hershiser shares his testimony. And Hershiser starts talking about Jesus and the gospel. And I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, wow, Oral Hershiser sounds just like my strange my religious strange. friend at school. <laughs> and these guys are saying the same stuff. Yeah. And, you know, it was... It was just when the spirit got a hold of me because um, when Hershiser was kind of done, the guy that was interviewing him, and he just put the camera on him, and the guy just just point blank shares the gospel. Yeah. And you're a sinner, and here's what Jesus did for you and who he is, and this is how you're made right with God. And, uh, you know, like I said, I don't know how else to explain it, and the Holy Spirit just got a hold of me. And, um, you know, I just got on my knees next to my bed as a 14-year-old kid and just Gave my life to Christ. Right there, right after right, the program. Right there. And wow. uh, the next day I go to my friend and say, hey, here's what I did last night. And he says, oh, man, you got to go to church on the Sunday. And I did. Yeah. And it just, it all just clicked. You know, I, got, I had a great youth group, a great youth minister, and I just started growing like crazy. And, yeah. uh, and you know, six months in, you know, I realized the life change that had occurred in me. I, yeah. I wasn't listening to the same music. I wasn't talking the same way. I wasn't wanting to hang out with the same people. You know, it's just it, he changed me. Yeah. And so kind of fast forward through through some of that, you know, I, I began to have people tell me in my life, hey, I think God's calling you to ministry. Yeah. Because you, you can speak to the group. You can, you know, and you're growing. I think God's calling you to ministry. And I'm but, like, by the way. The strange religious friend, who who was his dad? <laughs> his dad, uh, who who his dad who baptized me. Uh, my, my friend, his name is Rob Futrell. His dad is Jim Futrell, yeah. who was the pastor of North Fort Worth. Yeah, Baptist he Church was the, the time, pastor, and then yeah. went on to become the executive director of Mississippi Baptists. Yeah, right. And uh, so, anyway, um, kind of that's kind of a, a funny story. Yeah, but. Um, so people start I had people talking telling to me, yeah. and so I was like, am, "Am I called to ministry?" You know, and then that's when God just began to really affirm that in my heart, as as I'd have my quiet time, as I thought through that, and I was living out my faith. So I definitely was the the inward and the outward call. I definitely experienced that, and I always share that with young men um, who come to me and say, hey, "I think God may be calling me to be a pastor." You know, I'll just say, I'll point out to that, you know, what what do, what do people in your life tell you about that, and what do you sense God is saying to you in your heart? Yeah. So, um, gonna, gonna, so about to graduate, I, I, at this point, when I'm a senior in high school, I know God wants me to pastor a church. I, that's what I'm called By to By the do. time you were a senior I, in high I school? I knew I was going to pastor a church. Okay. And so now it's time to where am I going to go to school? Right. And uh, Baylor is where several of my family members had gone. Yeah, let's um, don't mention that name. Yeah. Again. Okay. And so I was going to go to Baylor. I applied to Baylor. I got Good. accepted. Got my roommate. Had my room number. <laughs> and 
Now, I don't know how we were going to afford for me to go to Baylor. It probably was never going to happen. But then, then came the issue of, well, what are you going to major in? What are you going to study in? And so now this is like the late 80s. We're, we're right in the throes of the conservative resurgence of the SBC. Right. Uh, and I'm going to an SBC church. I'm, I'm, you know, I've been Southern Baptist ever since I became a Christian. And um, I had people in my life that were giving me two pieces of advice at this time. Uh, one uh, in relationship to, to college. One was um, when you go to college, don't major in ministry because if the ministry doesn't work out, you'll have a fallback plan. And I was like, okay, you know, but that's what the Christian adults in my life were telling me. The second thing was, given the timing in the late '80s, is that don't major in religion at Baylor; it's too liberal. And so I said, okay. Did you, you even know. know what that meant? So not really. Okay. Not as an 18 year old, I like what. Yeah. So I was like going to major in English or something, which you know. Yeah. So uh, at this time, I've got a friend in high school, a Christian friend, and he and I like once a week would go eat breakfast together before class started, just as an accountability kind of type thing. And I go, I go to uh, pick him up one morning, and his dad answers the door, and he says, "Hey, come on in." He's he slept in a little bit. Come on, hey. He says, By the way, come on in. I want I want to talk to you about something. So. What happened was a lot of my Christian friends at my high school in suburban Fort Worth, Texas, were all going to go to the school called Oklahoma Baptist University. Right. And uh, now, and as eighteen, and as an eighteen-year-old, I never even been to the state of Oklahoma, even growing up in Fort Worth. All right. <laughs> and uh, and and I had heard about OBU from my friends. I'm like, I don't want to go to that little podunk town and podunk school, you know, because my high school had. My high school had 2,500 students in it. Which is more than OBU had at the time. Which is more than OBU had at the time. And I'm like, I don't want to go to it, you know. So uh, little did I know my friend's dad, who was a music minister at a Baptist church, is like a second, third generation OBU grad. So he sits me down in his living room while I'm waiting on my friend to come out, and he gives me the arm-twisting, you get a good OBU. And so finally I relented, and I said, I'll at least go to a preview day, but there ain't no way in the world I'm going to go to that little school. <laughs> so I go to – I said, you know, it's a day with my friends. I've never been to Oklahoma. Why not? So I go to the preview day. We we kind of go through some of the stuff. We visit some of the buildings and classes, and the people come and give us the spiel. And and then, uh, you know, man, just as just – as, uh, I don't know, I've never heard God audibly speak. I'm not. I'm not crazy, but yeah, about as clear as you can have God speak to your heart. We're walking in between buildings, and uh, I just sense God say to me, "Have I called you to preach or not? Yeah. You don't need a fallback plan. You need to come to this school, and you need to prepare your life to do what I've told you to do with it." Yeah. And that was it. I mean, I that's ex- I just sensed it verbatim. That's exactly, and I was like, okay, yes, Lord. So just even saying that impacts you right now. Oh it? yeah, you big still time. feel it. And 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 that's where yeah. I wanted to kind of park in this episode a little bit. Yes. Was, yeah. Um. Is is that calling is is so critical? Um. And all kinds of things are going to come your way that will try to derail you of that. So. I go to OBU, and one of the first things we do is we go to um, – back, back then, if you were on the Pritchard Scholarship, and anyone right. who went to OBU when you and I went to OBU knows what the Pritchard Scholarship was. Right. You had to go to this thing called um, MA, Ministerial Alliance. Alliance. Yeah. And back then, I mean, man, there's like 200 students in there that would go to an MA meeting. Yeah. 
And I remember the very first MA meeting I ever went to as a freshman at OBU. They had some guest speaker get up, and the guest speaker gets up and says, hey, a lot of y'all are freshmen. You called the ministry. He said, here's the thing. By the time you're a senior, half of you won't even be in this room. And I'm like, man, I'm offended at that. That's You know, you shouldn't tell people that, that they're not really called. And you know what? By the time I got to my senior year in college, he was more than right. There was less than half of us in the room. And, yeah. and that's okay. Yeah. Because what happened in the course of those years at OBU was some guys, some guys that thought they were called to ministry, it turns out they weren't called to ministry, but that didn't diminish their calling to follow Jesus. That's it didn't right. diminish their impact for the kingdom. Right. But others like me, it, it was it was you know, solidified. Um, the the first church I ever served on was my sophomore year. I went to a church to be the youth minister. And I was there about a month and the pastor just quit and kind of quit in an ignominious way. <laughs> and uh, like you saw the door swing they, shut. They were they were left in a lurch. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and that 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 next Tuesday night one of the leaders in the church calls me and says, uh, hey the pastor kind of left us hanging there. He says, you're called to preach. Can you fill the pulpit for us Sunday until we can figure out what to do? And I said, oh, I'd love to. So I go in and preach that Sunday morning for the the church. And they call me the next Tuesday, and I I don't know why I remember this, but I remember it exactly. They call me the next Tuesday, same guy, and he says, this is exact words. He says, hey, uh, that wasn't half bad. You want to do it again this Sunday? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I said, nothing like a little yes, encouragement. So then, for six months, I got the call every Tuesday. Yeah, you know, I was like, I didn't really know. I just assumed I was going to be. So I went as the youth minister, but really came the kind of functional interim preacher for him. Yeah, and I did that for six months. Yeah, and then I remember like yesterday when they called a guy in view of a call to come preach, and for the first Sunday, I didn't preach in six months. I sat in the pew. And I listen to that guy preach, and I'm like, uh-oh, man, I, I, I got to be up there preaching. And preaching was a fire in my bones. And so here, here's what, what happened for me, Andy, was yeah. along the way, God has always just solidified my calling to ministry. Yes. You know, I, I had moments early on in pastorates where I was done. You know, yeah. D- the, there was more than a few Sunday nights that Jamie talked me out of quitting. Yeah, you know, and <clears throat> probably even had times when people looked at you and said, "Man, if you're not really called yeah, to ministry." Yeah, and I had that. Yeah, you know, exactly. and and you you know, I had a I had a guy sit in my office one time uh, in one of my early pastorates and and said, "You know, you're a good preacher, but you're a terrible pastor. You're a terrible leader, and the decisions you make are terrible." And, uh, you know, a guy hears that very often, and he's going to start. And yeah. so one of the things I'll, I want to say in this, in this episode of our podcast is the, uh, the discouragement, sometimes even the disillusionment yeah. that pastors face today about their calling is it's out there. There's a lot of pastors who struggle with that. And they're like, am, am, am I, should I really keep doing this? And I just want to encourage pastors to just lean hard into that calling and just, you know, remember when God called you to the ministry, why he called you to the ministry. And it is easy, it's easy to just want to give up. Yeah. And 
And I think if God has genuinely called you to the ministry, and I think guys know that. I think guys can, pastors have a testimony like mine. I can I can look back at some key seminal moments in my life mm-hmm. where, man, I was like, I don't want to do this. And God's like, oh, I've called you to do this. I don't care what you think. <laughs> right. You know, and yeah. uh, I think pastors that have genuinely been called can go back and see those moments. And we got to remember that and remember uh, boy, God has called me to do this in the thick and the thin, in yeah. the good and the bad, in the easy and the hard, in the times where I see the fruit and the times I don't see the fruit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and that's what I really want to encourage pastors with in this is, is man, just hang in there. Yeah. Just, uh, well, I, I don't want, you know, I don't want, I don't want to get in trouble for quoting a Disney movie, but you know, what's that famous line from Finding Nemo, right? <laughs> what, what, just keep just swimming. Just keep swimming. Just yeah. keep swimming. Yeah, and um, and I will tell I will tell guys listening to our episode. In my life, you know, when I was really discouraged, you know, um, just you and me talking here. Yeah, <laughs> just the two of us. <laughs> Many times, what precipitated me picking up the phone and calling you? Yeah. Was those moments when I was I was about ready to be done, right? And I think you probably picked up the phone and called me a few times when you were about ready to be done. Absolutely, and, you and know, you, it. you can yeah. you can speak to all of this yeah. just as easily as I can because yeah. I mean I think it'd be good just to hear some of your perspective because you know you were called to ministry and. And and on and, and served in churches as as youth minister and then pastor and then mm-hmm. army chaplain back to pastor. Now you're serving Oklahoma Baptist. Yeah. What What are some of those times in your life when God solidified that call for you? Yeah. You know, uh, a lot of the same stories. You grew up uh, <clears throat> in a divorced home and was saved late. wasn't wasn't saved until I was 17, and I was involved in everything that's horrible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, I think first of all, I, I, what, I, what I would say is that I've never forgotten what it was like to be lost. Yeah. Yeah. And, and God's grace, that there's something about all of those passages in the Old Testament and the New Testament that, uh, that talk about remembering. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, you know, the call to ministry for me it is a seminal moment. I, I had just signed my first contract at the military. And uh, this is back in the day when youth groups went on choir trips. Yeah, come on. Right? I've been on some of those. Yeah. So <laughs> I I, uh, I had just graduated high school, and I had about 15 days until I reported to basic training. Mm. And my youth group had gone on a uh, on a choir trip, but I did not get to go with them. Uh, because of a military obligation. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I got back uh, from that military obligation, I walked into the mobile home that my mom and I lived in. Mm -hmm. And on my bed was a plane ticket and a note from the deacon, who was the leader of our youth group. Mm -hmm. He wasn't the youth minister, but he was the leader, that said, meet us in New Orleans. Wow. And so... I just I, wow. I was stunned, and so I I flew down there, mm. and um, two days later I was standing in a choir loft 
in Tupelo, Mississippi, and everybody was singing, and I didn't sing a word. Hmm. And like you said, didn't hear God's voice. Mm. It wasn't audible. I'm not Mm -hmm. crazy like that, but it was clear to me. I've called you. Mm -hmm. I've called you to preach and to lead. Mm -hmm. And, um, And so, you know, I struggled with, wait a minute. I'm going to the army. I'm leaving yeah. like in five days. I'm yeah. leaving to go to basic training. Well, I came back and, you know, I was in the National Guard. Uh, I went to OBU. First time I ever went to, first time I was ever on campus at OBU was the day that I was enrolled and started Welcome Week and yeah. all that stuff. But fast forward that, you know, um, God had called me. I I'd pastored two churches. I pastored a church in Fort Worth when I was in seminary. Mm-hmm. And then I pastored a church in Chickasha, and um, I really struggled with, and, and you and I had conversations about this on the phone at the time. I was really struggling that God was not done with me in the military. Mm-hmm. I did six mm-hmm. years as an infantryman, and I really struggled with that, and my wife struggled with it. And I was commissioned as a first lieutenant in the National Guard as a chaplain on April 15th, 2001. And five months later, mm-hmm. 9-11 yeah, happened. Yeah. And I looked at Laurie that day and said, there's going to be a lot of people that die. Yeah. Mm. And I knew that I needed to be going. Mm-hmm. And God called me to uh, to go on active duty. I, w- I went on active duty as an Army chaplain for... Uh, just under 10 years, and um, man, it was some of the great, you know, wonderful ministry, but lots of struggles. Yeah. Missed the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, many times, I remember sitting in Kuwait thinking, what in the world am I doing? And just along the way, God reaffirmed me. Yeah. God yeah. would bring Christian brothers who are in uniform along and continue to reaffirm that calling. Uh, in my life. And I learned something valuable about ministry while I was in the army. It was an army lesson that taught me about ministry. We had a saying, and I, I actually learned it in, in ranger school. You can quit, mm. but not today. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Keep swimming. <laughs> yeah. You can quit, but yeah. not today. Yeah. That's good. And, and that's every good. day you could say that again. Yeah. That's, okay. That's you good. made it through that day. You can quit at some point, but it's not today. That's great. And there was always somebody, you know, in a ranger platoon, everybody has a certain amount of equipment. Everybody has a certain responsibility. And if somebody quits, it doesn't mean that that, that equipment goes away. Yeah. Or the responsibility. Right. Somebody else got to pick it that's up and right. go with it. That's right. That's right. You can quit today. Yeah. Or you can quit, but not today. Yeah. That's good. And I can't tell you how many Mondays mm-hmm. I felt like the Lord... You know, as a pastor, yeah, where I felt like the Lord was saying to me, "You can quit, yeah, but just not today." Um, years ago, there was a story that happened in uh, Alaska. I've used this as a sermon illustration before. Uh, people may remember there was three gray whales that were stuck. Oh yeah, in the ice. Yeah, right. Yeah, and they and they went out. And they cut these holes like every 10 yards in the ice. Right. Trying to lead them out to open water. Right. And 
I've I've often thought about that. Being a pastor is kind of like those whales. Some you feel like you're stuck yeah. under this ice, right? But you know, if we don't quit, if we keep swimming, yeah, it it, it seems like God always provided one of those holes in the yes. ice. It when right. when when you're in that in that hard season, yes. And it was either a, a phone call, uh, you know, a friendship, um, yeah. uh, some affirming, God just let you see a little fruit. But it seems like for those that God calls to the ministry, he, he gives you that hole in the ice. That's that right. You, when you feel like, I'm about to suffocate, yeah. you know, here's a breath. So I would just encourage pastors that are in that hard season, just remember your calling. Right. You know, lean, lean into your wife. She's such a help, you know, on, on in, in hard times like that. Um, have friendships, especially friendships with other pastors that knows what it's like to be yeah. in a hard season like that. Yeah, what, what do you say all the time, every time you say it? What is it? We're a band of brothers. Yeah. Yeah. And, and ain't, there's yeah. nobody yeah. in this room. That's right. That's that's, that's your, your enemy. That's yeah. right, and uh, you know, and just keep digging into the word, and keep keep being faithful in your own quiet time, and just keep preaching the word, dig deeper in the word, and I think God gives you those holes in the ice, and he, I think he he gives you those affirmations of, hey, I know this is hard, and that's what we got to remember when God calls us the ministry. Ain't ain't none of us did He ever promise this is going to be easy. Yeah, that's right. It's it's not. So. And, and it may just very well be that in, in the midst when you feel like you're looking for a hole to come up, it may be the point where you can be a hole cutter mm-hmm. for somebody else. That's exactly right. Yeah. We got to do that. Yeah. It's really good, man. It's really good. Good. Man, thank you, Todd, for sharing your story with us today and just the encouragement of calling and uh, just excited about how this is going to be an encouragement to so many pastors. Well, if you've, uh, hopefully you continue to uh, join us for each of these episodes. If you have questions or comments or, or maybe you have a suggestion, I, Todd, I know you get this all the time. Somebody will come up to you and say, hey, you guys really need to do a podcast on yeah. such and such. Yeah. If you have an idea like that, and we take those seriously. Yes, we do. If you have a suggestion like that, you have an idea, something that you need to address, that you'd like to hear addressed, um, email us at podcast at oklahomabaptist.org. Well, thank you again for joining us at Feeding and Leading, and hope to uh, be with you again next time. This episode of Feeding and Leading has been brought to you by the Cooperative Program and Oklahoma Baptists. Visit us at oklahomabaptist.org or your preferred podcast platform. Oklahoma Baptists, advancing the gospel together.